0: Welcome to the Life Change Podcast. Panhandle Weight Loss Center is a unique surgical practice focused on changing lives. Our approach moves away from the singular goal of weight loss and encompasses one of overall health and wellness. This podcast explores a variety of topics inside the realm of health and wellness, including nutrition, fitness, lifestyle issues, and even surgery. The goal of this program is to inspire listeners to take a critical review of your life as we guide you towards a paradigm that translates to life change.
1: Welcome to the podcast. It is me, Chelsea Nelson, dietitian here at Panhandle Weight Loss Center, and Dr. Beau Hello,
0: guys. How are y'all?
1: All right. And today we've decided to talk about fatty liver disease.
0: Also known as?
1: Uh, N-A-F-L-D, also, also known, known as, as. <laughs> what else?
0: Non-alcoholic, steatohepatosis. There we uh, go, yeah. What are, I mean, there are a lot of. There's a
1: lot of things.
0: Descriptions of fatty liver disease. Mm-hmm. I think most people, when you go to your primary care doctor, they're going to say you have fatty liver disease. Yeah, I think right.
1: that's the like colloquial term. Yeah. Fatty liver.
0: Whether it's N-A-F-L-D or N-A-S-H or,
1: Oh, that's, you yep. know, Nash. all the
0: NASH and NAFLD and, all that's to say is something's being deposited in your liver, and it's slowly killing it.
1: That's right. Yep. And a lot of people have it. I think I read like yep. up to 20%, 20 to 25% of Americans.
0: I bet that's an old statistic. Well, that I'll, might I'll, be. I'll be. I'll be doing some Googling while you get to this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but the, the most staggering statistic behind fatty infiltration of the liver is it is now the number one cause of liver-related deaths in America. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's overtaken alcoholism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's overtaken hepatitis C. C. Don't quote us. C. C? Yeah,
1: you're right. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, we should have got a liver doctor on here. <laughs> bummer. Too yeah, late. Bummer. Um, but, yeah, it's a major issue. It's a, It affects a lot of people. And, and the reason we want to do this podcast is I think there's a lot of misconceptions as to what causes it, mm-hmm. how to fix it. Um what to blame, who to to go see.
1: Sure. Okay. Yeah, and so like we said, to be clear, we're not talking about like You've drank so much alcohol that your liver has died. We're talking about this is the type of fatty liver where it's primarily your lifestyle choices, your nutrition, you know, things like that that are causing that fatty liver to die or that fatty liver to happen and then your liver to die. And you may know this or not, mm-hmm. but I used to work at Texas Children's in the Houston Medical Center and they have a fatty liver clinic. So there, I mean, I was part of a team that our entire job was to counsel kids and their families Mm -hmm. on this diagnosis of fatty liver. So it's happening in very, very young children. And then, of course, you know, on through the continuum of life.
0: Yeah. So this is from the American College of Gastroenterology here, NAFLD, NASAH, (laughs) all the uh, things that describe fatty liver disease uh, affects as many as one in three. Uh, adults and 1 in 10 children in the United States. So, big deal. For sure,
1: yeah. And I think, uh, so like one of those misconceptions that you kind of mentioned. So fatty liver, you know, people start to think, okay, well my my liver is fatty and that must mean that I'm eating too much fat. Because Mm -hmm. if there's fat on the liver, Well, then obviously my fat from my diet is what's causing that. But um, that's really not even the case at all.
0: Yeah, I think oftentimes in our health and wellness journeys, the word fat gets misconstrued Yeah, because, you know, you look at somebody that's overweight and, you know, the general term, you're you're fat. Mm -hmm. And then there's this macronutrient called fat. Right. And we have these diseases like fatty liver Mm -hmm. disease and it gets really confusing, right? Cuz obviously nobody wants to be fat, so therefore I should eliminate things that like a big a big uh, term people use is f- th- those foods are fatty. Right. Mm-hmm. Those are fattening foods. Yes. Uh, so what would you do with that when somebody comes into the old dietitian's office and goes, "I want to eliminate fatty Foods.
1: Yeah. So first of all, we also kind of have to talk about what fatty foods we're talking about because there are there's a wide range of foods that have fat. Are we talking about fried chicken from Popeyes, or are we talking about like some avocado nuts, salmon, like things like that? Um, so. You have to understand also that fat is just the body's form of storing extra energy, uh, but pretty much everything can be stored as fat, anything that you eat. So if you're eating, uh, let's say too much carbs, too much sugar, uh, honestly too much protein as well can be converted into fat. So uh, it kind of depends on what's going on in the body for all those things to happen, but uh, everything that you eat can ultimately be turned into fat and then it can be ultimately stored uh, you know on your on your body anywhere but i think the most dangerous is whenever it's stored around your organs like your liver and that's where you see that increase in risk of like cardiac events like heart attack and stroke and things like that so i think that's kind of the big concern with fatty liver is you know, it is, I mean, it's a big deal. Even if it doesn't kill your liver, it puts you at that increased risk of other things happening that you want to avoid.
0: Oh yeah, it throws off the management. To me, it throws off all the management of everything else that mm-hmm. needs to happen. When this, I uh, always, uh, when people have a hard time imagining fatty liver disease, I always ask them if they've heard of foie gua. You ever eaten any foie gras? Mm-mm. You know what that is?
1: Nope. No? The, is it something raw?
0: Um, and yeah, I think another term would be pate. pate. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I have heard of pate, so, like yeah, the uh, like ground meat that's just like.
0: Well, do you know what it kind? is?
1: Uh, Liver? Of what? No, I don't know. I it's, mean, not humans.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you live, Chelsea? <laughs> uh,
1: you know I would never eat that. Like uh, even, I don't know, I just wouldn't. Couldn't oh, do it. Couldn't oh. get past the idea of pate.
0: <laughs> oh, like you're talking about from a goose.
1: I'm just uh, talking about any kind uh, of like raw something like that. Couldn't do it. Texture, uh, actually, I couldn't get beyond the texture. It's
0: actually really good. And I used to love it until you learn I know it's a kind of a snooty foie gras. It's, uh-huh. It sounds so <laughs> snooty. Uh, but basically it's uh, it's a it's, uh, goose liver um, that's been made to have fatty infiltration of the liver. And so they, they, they basically immobilize these geese and they stick tubes down their throats and they feed them non-stop. What do you think to make these livers
1: fat? Dr. Pepper, that, sugar.
0: That'd be, that be might taste pretty good, actually. Uh, no, corn. Carbs. Uh, so corn, mm-hmm. carbs, straight straight into the liver and they basically get just se- severe fatty infiltration of the liver. These geese would die in like three days if they weren't killed for their fatty livers. But they're basically force-fed in a, a standard American diet I mean corn, um, (laughs) and uh, you know, they're then killed for their fatty livers. So foie gras.
1: Hmm.
0: I'm probably mispronouncing that.
1: Sounds right. I'm
0: looking at the pronunciation. Is it Mm
1: G-R-A-S? Yeah, that's you got it.
0: How many languages do you speak?
1: Uh, Three.
0: Three, which ones? I know Spanish and English. Spanish,
1: English, Portuguese.
0: Portuguese, that's pretty pretty, pretty much Spanish with some changed terms.
1: (laughs) It's just confusing enough to where it's not the same.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So where do we want to go in our conversation on fatty liver disease?
1: Well, so talked about kind of the misconception of it being fat, you know, fat intake from your food that causes fatty liver. So let's talk about maybe what actually causes it. So you hinted, right? So they feed these geese corn or basically just a lot of carbs. And so ultimately that is what is causing that fatty liver. Um, it's carbs, it's sugar, um, and and then kind of getting into like the processed foods and which mm-hmm. is also going to contain the carbs and the sugars and things like that.
0: Yeah, and it's my understanding the one sugar that really does damage to the liver because it's absorbed differently than um, glucose, sucrose... You said you wanted to get nerdy and tell everybody about the polysaccharides and monosaccharides <laughs> and disaccharides, right?
1: I was just said I didn't want to go into that. Oh, okay. Men, well, we won't.
0: But... Uh, <laughs> y'all can so, Google
1: those no- names.
0: So, fructose, yeah. uh, which is the, the sweetness in the majority of our fruit, which in the fruit stage, probably fine, but it's also the sweetness in our fruit juices, our our foods that have additive fruit flavoring. It's basically, it's been condensed fructose, fructose. uh, And we're getting it in a, I guess the best way of saying this is our body is designed to handle fructose when it's appropriately matched with a uh, fiber source. Mm -hmm. So when you eat an apple, you're Mm -hmm. getting a bunch of fructose, but you're also getting a bunch of fiber. And so you're, um, but anyways, uh, we don't tend to eat fructose in that manner anymore. We get it in the setting of high fructose corn syrup Mm -hmm. which moms across the world revolted against about 10 years ago but they've since forgotten about (laughs) uh, because they changed the name of it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, basically all the the processed junk food that we eat, it's got high fructose corn syrup in it. Basically that's, they're taking corn, milling it down, separating it out and taking the sweetness out of it Mm -hmm. and creating a sweet syrup. Uh, I used to know the breakdown of high fructose corn syrup. I think it's there's like a high high, which is like 53% fructose, and then there's regular high fructose corn syrup, which is like 43%. I know there's some naming differences. Somebody in the food industry is definitely gonna launch a lawsuit, <laughs> I'd imagine. Um, but anyways, we're taking this fructose, uh, like I said, which is found in fruit, fruit juices, and fruit additives, and you mm-hmm. know the all the things are we give our you know honest you know uh, sippy cup things and. Um, <laughs> and the this fructose does not go into your body and it doesn't go and get incorporated into your muscle it's not used for immediate energy it goes straight to the liver as fat as and then gets stored as as fat in the liver and so one could imagine how a diet high in high fructose corn syrup or fruit juices or Uh, basically anything that has this stuff added to it is going to have a higher chance of fatty liver disease. Absolutely,
1: yeah. Yeah, and if you think about like those kids at Texas Children's who have that fatty liver diagnosis, I mean, if you had to pick like three top, you know, food or beverage items that were the culprits in their diet, like what would you say?
0: Phrase that again, (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) What would you think the top three foods or beverages that were contributing to their fatty liver in these kids?
0: Soda or fruit juices.
1: Yeah, and hot Cheetos. Hot Cheetos? Hot Cheetos were a big one. Man, like yeah. every kid coming in, Hot Cheetos.
0: Yeah. And then what's the uh, like the, uh, the Hispanic version? Takis. The ta- 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 oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Are they completely different? Did I just like totally.
1: They're just... totally different. Yeah. Tell
0: yeah. us <laughs> what a taki is. I don't know what a taki is.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, they're kind of the same, but the seasoning is different. Like mm-hmm. a Hot Cheeto is still like that cheese flavor and it has the like spice added. Takis I think are more just like that like Mexican spice. Okay. It's less cheesy.
0: But uh, same same allure. Yes. D- different culture, same Absolutely. allure. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And dude, as a kid, just remember, like, just looking at your fingers and getting mm-hmm. all that cheesy goodness off. Oh, yeah. Cheeto fingers. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's right.
0: Um, so that's interesting to think. You know, uh, one in three to one in five adults right now have fatty infiltration of the liver. And, and then currently, you know, kids are probably one in two and 10. Um, but they're still kids, so I mean they're mm-hmm. starting off early age. Yeah. With uh, now, man, I had a direction I wanted to go with this, and I forgot it. <laughs> uh, your turn.
1: Well, they, you know, kids have a big opportunity also to make a change, and mm-hmm. it's and they can avoid the damage. But um, adults, you know, the the longer you go on with this problem, the more damage you're doing to your liver. So the the more you're going to suffer ultimately. So. I would say in our patients, we've talked about the kids, but in our patients, the things that I see, I mean, culprits for fatty liver are primarily sodas or any kind of sweetened drink. I mean, that Mm -hmm. can be even like Gatorades, um, juices. Sweet tea, I mean we live in the south so that's a big one. So any kind of sweetened drink and then of course like your sweet foods so you get into like the pastries and the breads, um, just different things like that and then your Mm -hmm. processed carbs. So that's I I would say by far like the majority of, of foods that are culprits for fatty liver. And yeah. so I think it's important to know that, like, hey, what do you need to cut out? And that's a large part of why we do, uh, you know, kind of like the diet before surgery that we do is because we want to get yeah. that fat cut off from around the liver.
0: Yeah. Um, I was just trying to think, um, you know, the one thing that I, I, I definitely want to get across is if you've if you've had this diagnosis, uh, I think two things to to consider. Number one, I need to... Change my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And Number two, there's hope, right? Yeah, sure. And and until uh, I mean, and if it's you like let this go, it. Mm-hmm. it it no longer is fatty infiltration of the liver. It's cirrhosis, right? Once you get yeah. cirrhotic, and now you get the big bloated belly, and doctors are yelling at you to get on the liver transplant list. So you know, going back to what I said earlier, the number one cause for liver failure right now in America is fatty infiltration of the liver. It's also the number one cause of Uh, liver transplant in our country right now is fatty uncontrolled fatty infiltration of the Mm -hmm. liver. Do you think what percentage of these people have ever had somebody sit across from them and talk about the stuff we're talking about right now?
1: Less than 10%.
0: That's criminal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because it's really pretty simple, right? Like, So you take those things out. Let's go into more of like the nutrition too. So, far away. <laughs> so, um, those saturated fatty acids. So, those are a lot like what we were talking about those uh, fried goods or your pastries, breads, things like that. You're going to get a lot of saturated fats from. So, you do want to limit those, particularly the ones that have the high carb content.
0: No way. Hold on. You're violating some of my principles.
1: <laughs> but you heard what I said last, particularly the ones that have the high carb content.
0: Yeah. So I mean, uh, uh, you know, we do want we do want to be careful about d- demonizing natural saturated fat. Sure, absolutely. Right? Uh, there's yeah, trans fats. Like beef. Yeah, I mean, we're we're talking about stuff that's been created yeah. in a lab. Right. Right. Donuts. Yeah, I don't want people. Getting (laughs) getting mad at the beef industry here.
1: (laughs) No, Uh, but okay, but that goes into what I was also going to say about the nutrition. There are certain types of fatty acids that, if you increase them in your diet, and even some of them that are more along the lines of a saturated fatty acid, um, that can actually help to decrease fatty liver. Yeah. All right. So you've got your monounsaturated fatty acids olive oil, nuts, avocados, some of your seeds, things like that. Um, Those have those anti-inflammatory properties, but also can help, you know, get rid of that fat from around the liver as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I read an article not too long ago, and it was specifically talking about like treatment protocols for fatty infiltration of the liver. And I don't usually recommend people using branch chain amino acid supplements because I've looked at enough, you know, genetic uh, testing to know that a lot of people have inflammatory reactions to high doses of branched-chain amino acids. Uh, But this article was specifically talking about supplementing branched-chain amino acids in the setting of fatty infiltration. And that's what I've been Googling about the different uh, amino acids and fatty acids that are very beneficial in healing. Uh, But to me, I wouldn't even get to the supplemental (coughs) stage if I haven't cleaned my diet up.
1: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then you've got the polyunsaturated fatty acids and those we've talked about before, those are kind of confusing. Like you gotta kind of really dig to figure out which ones they are, but it comes down to replacing that like omega-6 and omega-3, like getting that ratio to a better point. Um, So eating more of those, uh, like the fatty fish or a fish oil supplement, mm-hmm. walnuts, like things like that that are really high in those omega 3s, flax seeds. Um, those can actually, you can start seeing a pretty significant change in like those liver enzymes that you get tested. Like that's your blood work. You're seeing like your uh, AST. What's the other one? ALT. ALT. There we A-T. go.
0: ALT. Yep.
1: Yeah, so those are the foods that I would say, you know, hey, we're taking away some things, but maybe also consider adding in some of those other foods to help with that inflammation and help with the fatty infiltration.
0: Okay. Yeah, um, I think, you know, if I if I were to face this situation, because you know, the other quick caveat is you don't have to be overweight to have this. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. I you mean, know, I've seen this and, you know, people that have, you know, that aren't. Very big, weight-wise, but they are not eating a healthy diet. It's mm. like
1: the skinny fat people. Like somebody has coined that term, not me. I would never call anybody that. <laughs> but like yeah. skinny fat, you know, like on the outside you look thin, but really when you look on the inside...
0: Yeah, you're, you're 50% body
1: fat. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And that's the reason I tell people not to care about the scale. Get, that's on, right. get on the DEXA. That's right. Get on the DEXA, let it tell you the truth.
1: And this is actually yeah. one thing that we can see on your DEXA, right? So the DEXA actually gives us... Um, a little index of how much fat is around your internal organs. It's called mm-hmm. a visceral adipose tissue score, uh, your VAT score to be specific. And uh, basically you're wanting a one. If, you're, if your score is a 1.0, then you don't have that fatty infiltration. Anything above that, you know, two and beyond. The highest I think I've seen is maybe a 16, um, then you've got that fatty infiltration. And so those changes need to be made. Okay, And that's a way that we can tell whether you're making changes to your diet. Correct. Yeah. The, the DEXA doesn't lie.
0: I draw everybody's attention to the visceral fat. Because, um, you know, in my, in my thinking, is that's the first fat you have to fix. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you don't ultimately fix the inflammatory fat on the inside of your abdomen, uh, any fat you lose on the outside of the abdomen is only going to be temporary. It's going to come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the only way to lose that is clean your diet up. Absolutely. Right? You can't calorie suppress to lose visceral fat you cannot yeah
1: that's right okay and I think the unfortunate thing about that is that visceral fat is not going to be reflected on the scale so again a lot of people are using the scale to monitor their progress yeah and when you lose that visceral fat it's not going to show up as you're losing weight on the scale it's going to show up as your inches are decreasing but it's not going to show up on the scale. So yeah. you can start making all of these changes and you're going to be in smaller size clothing, but you're maybe not necessarily going to lose the five to 10 pounds that you think you should just because you cut out, you know, X, Y, or Z. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where people kind of lose motivation, I think, a lot of times.
0: Yeah, I do. I do frequently use that scan, you know, when people are in here like, oh, well, I lost two pounds and, you know, this isn't worth it. And, you know, they've lost five inches on their belly and Mm -hmm. their joint pain went away and they've dropped all their visceral fat. And I'm like, come on, man.
1: Yeah, you're healthy. Good things are happening. That's right. From the inside out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, What else in your magic booklet there on NAFLD?
1: Um, You know, I think so like protein. A lot of times when we're talking about the liver, people get a little bit scared of protein, but you kind of touched on it with like the branched chain amino acids. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's very individual, but with protein and fatty liver, you shouldn't basically you shouldn't get your protein from a lot of supplements. Like you should really try to just right. go with foods for your protein because that excess protein, if you've already got some liver damage, can actually cause a little more liver damage. So you got to be a little careful on that. But I, you really can't go overboard if you're doing it from food. So just try to mm-hmm. not make most of your protein intake come from powders. Yeah, or shakes.
0: and this is where it would benefit us to have a liver doctor here. But from my understanding, you don't really need to alter Uh, protein intake until you get Mm cirrhotic and then your body just can't manage protein anymore and you have to be careful how much you you eat because then your ammonia will jump up and then you you get inundated Um, you're basically you black out and don't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> so I would recommend anybody that's listening to this podcast that already has the term cirrhosis. Uh, you know, take take everything we're talking about with a grain of salt. You need to you definitely need to talk to your yeah your liver doctor before You're at kind you kind of a different point yeah a different point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you know my take home with liver disease or fatty infiltration of liver is you know just try not to eat unopposed carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's so let's just break that term down. All okay right. yeah unopposed carbohydrates so what i mean by that is you should eat that carbohydrate in its most natural state with the appropriate fiber fiber the appropriate polyphenols the appropriate nutrients that were designed to be with that carbohydrate
1: mhm yeah just not the carb that's been extracted and it's only the carb now yeah so like fruit juice we kind of mentioned that earlier Why Fruit juice doesn't make any sense to me. (laughs) Like why people would drink it, because you're literally missing out on the biggest benefit of the fruit, which is the fiber and all of the other Mm -hmm. compounds like anti-inflammatory, the polyphenols, Mm -hmm. things like that. And they've only just extracted the sugar and created the juice. So people think that fruit juice is actually really healthy for you and it's just as bad as soda. It's worse.
0: Worse. I think it's worse. Sure. Yep. Uh, and the second thing about, uh, my wife and I were talking about this not too long ago. Do you remember the size of like fruit juice glasses, like breakfast oh, yeah. fruit juice they glasses? yeah, used
1: to be like two ounces, like two glass. to four ounces. Yeah, I yeah. mean, tiny.
0: And dude, now it's like a large cup of <laughs> yeah, orange juice.
1: 16 ounces.
0: Yeah, so you weren't ever designed to, to have that done. And, you know, most fruit juices, you know, f- 20, 50 years ago were hand squeezed at home. So mm-hmm. with orange juice, you were getting the pulp, you were getting fiber, you were getting polyphenols all the things but you know once it becomes manufactured and they got to control for chemicals and bacteria and Mm -hmm. this and that and they got to they got to you know radiate it and bleach it and
1: yep and they've got to produce in and out of season so Mm -hmm. then you're growing a fruit out of season and yeah having to do things to make it taste right
0: okay this may go nowhere but how does uh, artificial sweeteners fit into this conversation
1: so I, I should
0: have researched that before I ask the question.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I don't actually know if there's a tie between artificial sweeteners and fatty liver, but here's what I do know. I do know that, you know, artificial sweeteners will market to you as, you know, hey, it's not going to raise your blood sugar because it doesn't have any calories, it doesn't mm-hmm. have any carbs, right? Um, in my personal experience, wearing a glucose monitor, that's not true. Um, And same for my dad, too, who's a type 1 diabetic and wears a continuous glucose monitor. He's like, absolutely, they affect it. Now, not as much as sugar, of course, Mm -hmm. but it does increase your blood sugar. And so for that reason, I would feel like there would at least be a minor effect with fatty liver.
0: Yeah. I'd say, you know, people that are wearing a glucose monitor or, um, you know, you're, you're worried about your sugar intake. So you're looking at those different monosaccharide disaccharide polysaccharide intake levels one thing to know is fructose does not show up on a glucose monitor Mm -hmm. right so um, I may be you know some fruit juices have extra sugar added so you're gonna see a glucose bump. but if I was just to go you know eat like a pure uh, apple juice that was only fructose or you know, I think this is where we kind of get lured into some of these foods we eat. They're like, oh, that wasn't bad for me. My glucose didn't bump. Oh, I yeah, mean, it's because it was high fructose corn syrup. It was mm-hmm. fructose.
1: Right. Those it carbs. It's mm-hmm. like if you're going to just do straight sugar, um, gosh, I mean, do it after a meal. Like if you're going to have that dessert, we've kind of talked about that with yeah, the glucose. Hats.
0: Yeah, the glucose revolution book. Yeah. Um, you know, you can have your candy bar after doing 50 air squats, uh, <laughs> eating a salad, a normal meal, and then you can have it.
1: That's right. <laughs> and yeah. if you, you still want it, at that it point, right? right? If you still want it, or if you still have the energy to go get it, mm-hmm. I mean, okay.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I was just, I uh, had a patient today and we were just talking about breakfast routine. And it was like, uh, sometimes I do a protein shake and sometimes I do a kolachi. And, um, those are two drastically different options.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they sure are.
0: I don't know where I was going with that, but mm. thought it was interesting.
1: Do you have fatty liver? <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, well, we hope this educated some folks on fatty liver disease. Uh, it was not comprehensive. I'd say we vow to come back with a more comprehensive approach. But we probably should.
1: Maybe we'll talk to yeah. a liver doctor. We
0: probably should rope in a liver doctor.
1: Hepatologist. Yeah. We could just call them by their real name. <laughs> That's
0: doctory. Nobody wants that.
1: (laughs) But there's hope for you. If you have fatty liver, clean up your diet.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll plug ourselves here. I mean, talk to somebody about weight loss. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk to somebody about nutritional uh, advice. Um, You know, it's very confusing to go out and do this on your own, in my Mm -hmm. opinion.
1: Yeah, and and, like even if you're not, like let's say maybe you're not to the point where you want surgery, uh, which we're going to have a podcast on that, at some point. Maybe it's already posted. I don't know. Surgery? Uh, no, on oh. waiting for surgery too long. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, surgery being the last resort. But if surgery's not there, is if it's not your option yet, um, you can at least come in. You can talk to me, dietitian, schedule an appointment. We can go over those diet changes. And you can do that DEXA so that you can measure your progress so that you can actually see it uh, because you may not actually see it on the scale as much as you wish. So I don't want you to, like, lose motivation.
0: Got gotcha. you. Okay. Well, we hope to see you guys out there.
1: All right. Take care.